Yo, 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 it's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for a football edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Alex for his weekly contribution, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. You can see my recap of the crazy game between the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. Got a bunch of content coming out this week. Hopefully got some more tonight, tomorrow, Lord knows when. But there'll be a bunch of content coming out this week. Also, check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple for your audio podcast. So, uh, joining us after a wild, wacky, crazy, tension-filled walk-off weekend in the national of the divisional play in the National Football League, Alex. Yes, sir. Oh my goodness, Dylan! What a weekend of football. Probably. I mean, I, I've heard some people say, was this the craziest divisional round of playoff games ever? I mean, it's it's close. I mean, if it's not the best round of divisional divisional playoffs, I don't I mean, I don't know what beats those four games. It was unbelievable that we this weekend had everything. Let's see. Not one, not two, but three walk-off field goals. And the game that wasn't a walk-off field goal was the best of them all. Produce a walk-off touchdown. Yeah. I mean, um, you, how can you top that? It, this, this season has been the craziest NFL season that I can ever remember. I mean, when it comes to upsets, when it comes to just underdogs, when it comes to players blowing up, I mean, we've seen some development of future stars in the league, and now we've got these playoffs. I mean, last week we had some good games, but a, a couple of them. But, I mean, this week it's just – I mean – there's not there's not much more you can say than just wow because it's I mean this is why we love football isn't it? I just say work productivity went down in <laughs> in Cincinnati, Nashville, San Francisco, Green Bay, L.A., Tampa, Buffalo, and Kansas City this morning. I mean I think across the country, man, no one no one wants to work after watching football like that all weekend. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we should we should get a holiday every Monday, right? <laughs> At least till the end of the season. But uh, how maybe the crazy? I, I'm trying to remember the craziest quarterback do, shootout we have seen in the playoffs in a long time. Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Holy! Yeah, absolutely. I do have. I want to say one thing about this game really briefly. You know, we were talking a lot about this game last week. Obviously, we were hyping it up, and it it blew even our expectations out of the window. We knew it was going to be a great game, and it exceeded anything anyone could have ever imagined. But uh, one thing we were talking about a lot about this game, which I just think is funny, is how the big thing with Buffalo would have needed was Devin Singletary to have a big game. I guess that theory went out the window because Devin, <laughs> Devin Singletary, I mean, he had the touchdown, but 10, 10 carries, 26 yards. I mean, he had 25 yards receiving. I mean, this was not the Devin Singletary show and the Buffalo Bills did not need Devin Singletary. To, I mean, obviously they did not win the game. We all know that, but it, I, it wouldn't have made a difference either way. I mean, this was the Patrick Mahomes show. This was the Josh Allen show, and this was the Gabriel Davis show. I mean, you throw Tyreek Hill in there. You throw Travis Kelsey in there. You throw the kickers in there. I mean, everyone showed up except for Devin Singletary this week. Maybe the Bills needed him on defense last night. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what to say after this game. I, I remember playoff. I I remember a few playoff shootouts before our time. I mean the. Uh, AFC divisional game between the San Diego Chargers, Air Coriel, and your Dolphins. Mm. Uh, the NFC wildcard bonanza between uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers against Kurt Warren and the Arizona Cardinals. But I don't remember a game with two quarterbacks played that well, especially late in the game. Oh. I mean, look how... Look, you want me to tell you how both guys played the last two minutes of an overtime? I would love to hear it. Uh, let me see. I'm getting the uh, tweet up. <laughs> Josh Allen, five for seven, buckle two, two touchdowns. Patty Mun- last two minutes, fourth quarter and overtime. 10 or 13, 108 yards, two touchdowns. That's a good game for Mac Jones. <laughs> that's a good game for that's a good game for Tua. <laughs> I was I was afraid you were gonna say that. Right when I, right when that comment was popping in my head, I was like, he might hit me back with this one. But I know, I mean, like you said, what can you say about this game? I mean, that hasn't been said already. I mean, it's gotta be the most talked about football game and and this season and and recent history, I think. I mean, really, I guess the biggest talking points, like you mentioned earlier, is just Buffalo's defense. I mean, you know, with 13 seconds left in that game, Kansas City has all three timeouts. How are you going to give them Travis Kelsey in the middle of that field wide open? It looked like they were playing for like a Hail Mary bomb. They didn't need that. They only needed, I mean, you need they needed two 20-yard chunks, and that's exactly what they got. And set up set up for the overtime, the 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 field would lead them to overtime. Plus, another point: how do you not squib kick it when you have when when you're giving the ball to Kansas City with 13 seconds left? Even if they catch the ball and fall on it, that's still taken up two seconds, three seconds, which could have maybe it would have made all the difference in the game. I mean, it's just a couple questionable decisions from the at the end of that game by by the Buffalo Bills, specifically on special teams defense. And unfortunately for them, it cost them the game, it cost them the season, but I mean, you know, you got to feel for Josh Allen. Obviously, he had an amazing game. He gave everything he had and more. I mean, and and, and Gabriel Davis breaks. He, I mean, he breaks the postseason record for most receiving touchdowns in a single game with four. I mean, it, it, it's got to hurt being those two guys specifically. I mean, putting everything you've got onto the field and, and still not, unfortunately for them, being able to walk out with the win. But, I mean, you just got to give it up to Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, He's one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in this league for a reason. I mean, he can make your, – your team has never counted out when you've got Patrick Mahomes uh, under center. And uh, he just – he makes plays, man. That's all he does. He makes plays. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis because Jerry Rice didn't catch four touchdowns in a playoff game. Terrell Owens, Randy no. Maltz, no. Don Hudson. <laughs> uh, who else am I missing? Megatron, well, Megatron didn't have too many playoff well, yeah, appearances. But... Because Steph never won a playoff game. In the right. <laughs> I'm just, I was thinking of top tier. Uh, Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup still haven't called four touchdown pass in a playoff game. No. Cooper Cup almost could have done it this week, it seemed like. I mean, that, <laughs> you're that's right, you're right. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. But Gabriel Davis was unbelievable. But 
I would argue part of that was Tyron Matthew missing basically the whole game for concussion. And secondly, Patrick Mahomes won this game, but Josh Allen did not did not lose this game. I almost called them equal winners because Josh Allen put everything in the kitchen sink into this game. How about this in his two playoff games? Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he lost. I know. He lost. How is that humanly possible? It's um. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's you know, obviously, as a Miami Dolphins fan, first of all, I wasn't rooting for the Bills in that game. I'll tell you that I did not want to see the Bills in the Super Bowl. I did not want to see the Bills win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just you know, division rivalries hold true. However, um, where was I going with that? Um. And all I mean, and also it's it's as a Dolphins fan. On the flip side of that, although yeah, I'm I was rooting against Buffalo. Obviously, I don't want my division rival to win. However, it comes a little bittersweet because I still have to realize that I'm going to be dealing with Josh Allen for a very long time in this AFC East. And uh, as a Miami Dolphins fan, that does not make me too thrilled. I think you know, obviously, the Buffalo Bills were really hoping to win this game. They had opportunity after opportunity to win this game it didn't come true for them unfortunately but you know Bills fans are 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 at least at the very least satisfied with what they've got they're going to be hungry for more obviously because they've got so much talent they've got a superstar in Josh Allen but you know it's as as tough of as as tough as it is for them right now I mean you've just got to look forward to next next season and and in the future and you know you've got a solid team might make a couple of new additions in the offseason. You never know who, who they can bring in uh, to help them out. But, I mean, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they've been – it's, what, four four AFC championship games in a row now? Yeah. And, nobody, uh, you nobody's know, ever hosted four straight AFC title games. Hell, Tom Brady hasn't, hasn't done that. Yeah. I mean, it's – it's tough. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are the Kansas City Chiefs. I remember the beginning of the season, man. I mean, people were writing them off because they didn't look. I mean, they are and with good reason. They did not look like the Kansas City Chiefs that have been to before this three straight uh, AFC championship games. And the Buffalo Bills at the beginning of the season were looking like world beaters. So, I mean, it's just it's been the craziest NFL season. You got to feel for Bills fans. Uh, but, you know, Kansas City fans are taking a big sigh of relief and, uh, Looking forward to next week. Yeah, Chiefs Kingdom will be rocking and rolling next Sunday night for the AFC Championship game. Absolutely. But, I mean, there's so much more we could touch on this. You want to keep going on this game or you want to move on? Uh, We've got to head up the road. We do. We do have to head up the road. Uh, You know, well, which one we want? We'll bounce over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the LA Rams. And, so the first of the three games we'll talk about where it came down to a game-winning field goal. And, boy, that first half, man, I mean, you look at that stat, you, you look at that scoreboard at halftime and you think, how, does it, how the hell did this game end in a game-winning field goal? But, obviously, when you're playing against Tom Brady, you know, anything can happen. But the L.A. Rams pulled it out and 30-27 uh, 30, 30 win and uh, t- uh, Tom Brady goes home. What do you, what do you think about this game? The final score does not dictate how close this game was. If LA didn't have four fumbles, yep. this game could could have gotten ugly. The LA Rams were the better team. 
in every sense in the world. Matthew Stafford outplayed Tom Brady this game. I mean, for everyone saying Matt Stafford was the weakness for the for the LA Rams going to the playoffs, shame on you. Right. He's the reason why the Rams are hosting the NFC Championship game on Sunday night. I think Cooper Cup deserves a little bit of credit for that, too. But, I mean, he's the guy slinging the rock to him, so I I see your point. But the Rams – the Rams just won won the game early. And, yes, the fumbles, but sometimes you get one of those those days where you fumble, but you keep the ball or you fumble and lose the ball. That was just one of those days. It wasn't – because Cam Akers isn't a bad player. It wasn't because, right. I mean, if you, you said Cooper Cup's going to have the ball in your hands, you're thinking, oh, he'll get a first down or he'll make the right play. And then he fumbled. Mm-hmm. And like, and then the, and then the snap of uh, center Brian Allen snapped it way over Matt Stafford's head. I'm like, that never happens, right? Except <laughs> when Manny Ramirez snapped it over Peyton Manning's head to start the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But uh, to be honest, I think this game is not necessarily more on the Rams, but on who was not available for the Bucks yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went through a rough stretch right at the end of the regular season. And I mean, it's so hard when you're playing against especially teams of this caliber this season. I mean, these playoffs have been amazing. It's been incredible watching these offenses, these defenses. And I mean, it's just unfortunately for Tampa Bay, when you get hit by the injury bug that hard with that many star players, it's, it's just tough to recover from. And unfortunately for them, I mean, it just seemed like it was a little bit too overwhelming for them to, uh, to really be able to, uh, to make a run this year. Yeah, you lose Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, and maybe most importantly of all, Tristan Wolves. Because right. guess who came after Matt Stafford yesterday? Von Miller and Aaron Donner. Tristan Wolves out there. Brady's got a clean pocket. The Bucks are not losing 27 to 3. Correct. I mean, absolutely. And by the way, speaking of the Rams, look at who, who made plays yesterday. Matt Stafford was uh, was stupendous. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham again making key plays, but guess who made? But guess who was a pain in the neck to Tom Brady, just like he was in Denver for those AFC Championship teams. Von Miller. Yeah, absolutely. Now Von Miller and Aaron Donald rushing inside and outside. It is a nightmare because Tom Brady does not like pressure. Tom's not yep. going to escape from the pocket like Mahomes Mount. If you don't have a clean pocket, Brady can't find Bronco Evans. Absolutely. And I was just about to bring that up, so I'm glad you did. I mean, it's trust me, I've, I've watched so much Tom Brady football throughout my entire life. That man does not like to get hit. If he's if he's got a pocket collapsing or if he if he's got uh, if there's good uh, defensive coverage so that he can't get that because, you know, he thrives on that quick release. He can get that, he can get that ball out, uh, to his receivers and, and it seems like a blink of an eye. But if you've got great coverage on the defensive back uh, side of it and great pressure up the middle, that's I mean, obviously, I mean, those are the keys to success on defense. But especially when you're going against Tom Brady, I mean, he will tear you apart if you give him time. 
I mean, and, and like you said, I mean, he's not a mobile threat. You don't have to worry about him uh, escaping the pocket, running for first downs, you know, taking off, making plays with his feet, anything like that. However, he's, he, I'm not even going to say probably, he's the most dangerous quarterback in the, in the NFL history when it comes to being able to pick his pass and being able to have even just a couple seconds to really be able to see what's going on in the defense. And I mean, fortunately, not even fortunately, but for the LA Rams, I mean, they've got some, obviously some uh, high powered weapons on offense, but that defense is so stacked and it's on all aspects of the field. You've got the pass rush, you've got the linebacker core and you've got the defensive backfield. I mean, when all three of those facets of your defense are clicking, how, how do you, how do you, how do you beat that? I mean, it's like, it's such, it's such a, a, I mean, honestly, I'm going to say it's an underrated part of the Rams team. Everyone knows the Rams defense is great, but I think, you know, offensive players, everyone plays fantasy football and you get the stats and you got Cooper Cup and you got Matthew Stafford and Odell's flashy. But I mean, those that LA, LA Rams defense that the, or the LA Rams would be nowhere without that defense. And it, it won them the game against Tom Brady yesterday. You're right about that. And speaking of TP12, did you see he got an unsportsmanlike penalty? The first of his career, like I've, like we've watched Tom Brady for twenty-two years now, and I've never thought he'd get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. I know it's. Well, I'm telling you, don't. We've seen it all this season in the <laughs> NFL. It's been the most fun. I mean, heartbreaking, enjoyable, exciting. I mean, heart-stopping thrilling nfl season and and now we've got tom brady with unsportsmanlike penalties it's just what i mean what else are we gonna what, what are we gonna get next what is what is championship sunday gonna give us next i cannot wait the one thing though uh, that i really want to talk about uh before we move on from this game is there are some rumors um obviously we know big ben roethlisberger has uh pretty much all but called it a career and there's another quarterback who's going up there in age a little bit more than anyone else, Mr. Tom Brady. There's been some rumors that he will at least be considering or weighing his options at the end of this season. Do you think, Dylan, that this is the end of Tom Brady's NFL career? No. I 100% agree with you, but tell me why. He finished, he'll finish, he threw for 5,300 yards. Yeah. So, so your point is that he's just still got it. I mean, why, why retire now if you've still got it? I, I see it in a different point. Obviously, I, I do take that into account as well. I think he's still obviously got the ability. I mean, we've seen at the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, you know, he's dropped his his production has dropped, maybe not significantly, but but yeah, significantly. I mean, he's not the same quarterback obviously as he was. I mean, Drew Brees, at the end of his career, that last season, it was almost painful to watch Drew Brees play in that last season because, I mean, his arm speed, his his arm strength and, and his velocity just died in that final season. And it was a little disappointing to watch. I mean, from Tom Brady, it's uh, he's still winning games. He's still a leader. It's, he's not the perfect Tom Brady that we've seen for a long time, but he's definitely still got it. However, the main reason... Why I do not, why I know, not that, not, not even that I think, why I know that Tom Brady will not be retiring is because there's one reason alone. He wants a farewell tour. He wants, he wants a full season 
where the entire world knows that it's the final season of Tom Brady's career and he wants a farewell tour across the country for 17, 18, 19, 20 games, however many games they play. And he wants to be carried off into the sunset just because that's, I mean, as I've seen the arrogance of Tom Brady throughout my entire life, you know, when he, when they, when they win, he, he's the first person to go shake the other team's quarterback's hand. When they lose, he's the first person in the tunnel. You know, it's as he, he is not going to go out without everyone in the entire world knowing that he is the greatest of all time and he is getting ready to retire. Personal opinion there, but Tom Brady, I do not think Tom Brady would throw a sneak retirement on us. But there's two more games, Dylan. We're only halfway through this amazing divisional round recap. We yeah. are going to go. What? I know, right? We've covered Sunday's games, but Saturdays were maybe not as exciting, but pretty close to it. We're going to go to the Frozen Tundra up next, Lambeau Field. And a strange game there, huh? I mean, another game-winning field goal by a kicker. You know, unfortunately for Packers fans, it came at their expense. 13-10 to 10, San Francisco wins. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but it seemed like at, at one point in that game, Green Bay looked like they should have been up 21 nothing. Be honest, the 49er Packer game was the most befuddling playoff game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. How the heck did Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers win that game? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, somebody explained to me how Jimmy Garoppolo won that game by completing, what, 11 balls? Yeah, I think he had 113 total yards passing, I think. He threw for 131 yards. 131. Got a little dyslexic there. I mean, honestly, it was – the blocked punt was – I mean – I mean, wait, it just, wait a minute. You mean – first off, let me say this. Green Bay Special Teams Union – the Green Bay Special Teams Union has been a mess for centuries. Yeah. And I mean, they showed it again Saturday. And it came and it bit him at the worst possible time. Yeah. Block punt at the at field goal at the end of the first half. And then a block punt at the worst possible time. Worst possible time. Which let San Francisco tie the game. And not but, even – there ahead. was one more There was one more special teams blunder that I don't really think would have made much of a difference. But I don't know if you caught it. Did you know the Green Bay Packers only had 10 men on the field on that game-winning field goal? I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, it's what it was a glorified chip shot pretty much. I mean, I don't think an 11th man would have made a difference, but you never know. I mean, it's definitely not going to hurt you having an extra person on the field. They let you play with 11, so you may as well play with 11. I mean, you know, just... just This is in the Premier League where somebody <laughs> could be sent off. Right, yeah. No red cards here, but... um. You know, it's like you said, I mean, really, I mean, I guess special teams was, I mean, but even still, I mean, for Aaron Rodgers and that high-powered Green Bay offense to only put up 10 points, I mean, obviously the special teams did not help their case. It very much so hurt their case, but just, oh, oh like I said, a strange game and, and not a lot of success. I mean, Aaron Jones had 130 yards receiving. I mean, obviously he had a, that 75-yarder, so it's going to uh, – add a big chunk of that but I mean it's just they couldn't really I mean obviously they couldn't get into the end zone other other than the one uh AJ Dillon running it just seemed like 
a strange, unfortunate. I mean, the turnovers, the interception in the red zone, obviously uh, really hurt them and just unable to capitalize and unable to take advantage of not the best game from the San Francisco 49ers, to say the least. By the way, that Green Bay game plan after the opening drive touchdown was the most conservative Packer game plan I've ever seen. The Packers are more aggressive in the 1967 Ice Bowl on a frozen field than what mm-hmm. Green Bay was Saturday night. How are you not throwing Allen's off? How are you not throwing out Randall Cobb on the, the on the Aaron Rodgers' last throw of the game. He threw in the double coverage against Devontae Adams when Alan Zold's open beyond the first down line. Let's see. Wide open receiver over a guy double coverage. And, yes, Devontae Adams makes double coverage catches routinely. Right. But Alan Zold, 6-5. Throw in the bleeping ball, get a first down, get in field goal range, win the game, and you're probably winning this – probably winning next week. Yeah. Really. I mean – Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. Throw the bleeping ball. You saw those quarterbacks last time? You saw those quarterbacks last time? They threw the ball down the field. You saw Matthew Stafford that last drive? He threw the ball down the field. Yeah. And, I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it. I mean, just looking at the box score, I mean, I'm looking at the Green Bay receiving stats. That's where my eyes are drawn to. The Green Bay lack of receiving stats. Well, exactly. But I see at the very top, Aaron Jones, nine receptions, 10 targets. I see right directly under him, Devontae Adams, nine receptions, 11 targets. And then after that, Lazar, one reception, one target. Lewis, one reception, one target. Randall Cobb, zero receptions, one target. I mean, it's... It's predictability, but it's like no creativity. I mean, get, like you said, the game plan, it was just completely conservative. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I like to compare. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greats in the NFL. I mean, he can spread the ball around the field. I mean, we know Tom Brady is the king of getting the ball to everyone that he has uh, the ability to when it comes to catching passes. But, you know, I, I feel like uh, Devontae Adams – or Devontae Adams uh, – uh, Aaron Rodgers is in that same light. I mean, he can find, he will find the open man. He will make the right decisions. It doesn't matter if you're Devonte Adams. It doesn't matter if you're Aaron Jones or, or whoever, if you're the right player for the play, he's going to get the ball to you. And I just, we did not see any of that this weekend. And, and I think that was a big part about why they couldn't win the game and why they couldn't get the end zone. I mean, if you're forced with the same two people all game, the defense is going to eventually walk onto that. And you throw a couple, you have a couple bad uh, turnovers, whether it's a, a blocked punt, a special teams turnover, or or an interception. I mean, um, you know, it's just, it's it's a recipe for not winning a playoff game, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and for Aaron Rodgers winning, winning yet another MVP and all like her, you've got to be better than that. You've got to, you can't let Jimmy G beat you. Can't let Jimmy G beat you. Mm-mm. No way. <sighs> Especially not Jimmy G thrown for 131 yards. And they didn't even have much of a run game in that game either. Yeah. I mean, they're leading Russia 53 yards from, from Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Debo 10 for 39, Juszczyk 2 for 14. I mean, it's not like they had no passing game. They had no real rushing game. It's, it's, it's just shocking to me how San Francisco wins, like, wins that football game. 
maybe maybe two block kicks would have right. <laughs> made the difference. But uh, speaking, there was a third walk-off field goal on doing the veteran weekend. How about the Cincinnati? I guess we can officially retire the Bungles chat because now the Cincinnati Bengals are in the AFC championship game after dispatching the top seed Tennessee Titans. In Nashville, 1916. How about what Joe Burrow uh, Joe Burrow did on Saturday? Because he was sacked. Let's see. I lost count of how many times he was sacked. Can you confirm how many times he was sacked? I can. Uh, he was sacked nine times for 68 total yards, and won the game. And won the game. How 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 did that happen? I can tell you how that happened, Don. You want to hear how that happened? Ryan Tannehill sucked. Ryan Tannehill had the epitome of a Ryan Tannehill football game. I mean, I tell you what. Obviously, I was uh, unfortunate. I was at work through that game, so I wasn't able to watch it. But I hear that a team in that game was sacked nine times. And I think, oh, easy. Of course, Ryan Tannehill got sacked nine times. Because I, Ryan Tannehill has the pocket presence of a potato. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then I, then I find out that Joe Burrow is the one who gets sacked nine times. I'm like, oh, well, I know Tennessee won this game. Nope. I mean, it just <laughs> completely comes down to Ryan Tannehill being the epitome of just he's great for a play and then he's terrible for three more. I mean, the, the interceptions – Obviously, I mean, the one that gets deflected up in the air, I mean, it's, it's, he threw it into traffic. I mean, you don't want to see that. But, cut, I mean, it's – the and well, I'm, ta- I'm actually talking about the, the last interception, the third interception where it got tipped up in the air. But that was also, obviously, the one that was batted up in the air from on, by the pass rusher. But, but then you look at, at the end of – I think it was the third quarter – he throws that beautiful uh, uh, back back shoulder throw to, to A.J. Brown for the touchdown. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy actually knows how to play football. And it, but I, it's just, you know, Ryan Tannehill, unfortunately, I, I had seven years to witness the ups and downs of Ryan Tannehill. And uh, I think Tennessee got a very, very good look at it uh, this weekend. I must say this, watching that game thinking – Tennessee's got a better roster than Cincinnati Bengals, but there's one thing the Bengals have that the Titans do not have at the moment right now, a franchise quarterback. Yep. I think we're seeing the coming of age of Joe Burr and what Ryan Tannehill is. Ryan Tannehill is like a box of chocolates. He will be good for one game and maybe a stretch of time, but he is incapable of being good for a for whole season or be at the biggest time. Remember last year, the Titans got a home playoff game against the Ravens. Lots. Yeah. You probably remember. You've probably seen many of Tannehill games where you like show up like, I, I don't know, was Tannehill the quarterback the year of the, uh, not the Hail Mary, but that crazy game went over New England? The, My- the Miami Miracle? Miami Miracle. Yes, he was. Tannehill to Stills to Parker to Drake. But Brian Tannehill is not a franchise quarterback. And if the Tennessee Titans are ever going to play for the Super Bowl with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, 
Tennessee needs a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, let's see. So Joe Burrow and Jamal Chase are still red hot. I mean, Jamal Chase got in a 100-yard game. Yeah. And Joe Burrow threw for 348 yards while being sacked nine times. Hmm. What? Yeah. What? What? The only, I mean, really, I'm, the only thing missing from that Joe Burrow game was the touchdown pass. I mean, it's almost shocking to think that he didn't throw one. I mean, he had more interceptions than touchdowns, one to zero. Well, I mean, you know um, why? You know why? Because the best kicker in the NFL might not be Justin Tucker anymore. Yeah. It might be Evan McPherson because for the second straight playoff game, he kicked not one, not two. Not three, but four field goals. Including a nice little game winner. And it wasn't like it was a cheap – I think he kicked like a 52-yarder. 52-yarder. And as soon as the as the foot left the boot, I'm like, that's good. I'm like, yeah. that's good. Because you know when kick, you know when kicks are good. I'm like, that, that looks beautiful. Game yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Bengals now are in Kansas City and the Niners and Rams reacquaint themselves on Championship Sunday. Who wins? I mean, for me, I think the NFC is going to be an easier – I, it, you know, they're two very interesting games. You know, it's – I'm going to – I think I'm de- definitely going to go with the Rams uh, over the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's just – I think Matthew Stafford is is coming around. I mean, he's been – I think he's got some unnecessary hate throughout his career, just mostly because he was on the Lions, and he, he, the Lions are incapable of putting a, fran- a, a successful franchise together. But Matthew Stafford has always been a great quarterback. Now you put him on a team with the best receiver in football right now, at least fantasy-wise, and uh, some real weapons on offense and an amazing defense. I mean – I just I didn't see enough from San Francisco this weekend against Green Bay. I haven't really seen enough from them throughout the season. They've been I mean they were they're a 10 and 7 football team. I mean so are the Bengals. However, the Bengals have looked like a high-powered football team whereas, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, I mean yes, obviously they've they've gotten to this point. I mean they're in the NFC Championship game. Obviously they they've got to be doing something right. It's just I just don't think they quite have enough power in the tank to be able to take off the take out those LA Rams. As far as the AFC goes, you know, I think a lot of money is going to be going on Kansas City this weekend. Uh, there's seven point. It's a seven point spread as of now for Kansas City. I I I don't see a blowout here. I I mean, I think I think Cincinnati can hang with them. I mean, you know, it really it's it's going to be completely dependent on Joe Burrow and and his ability to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, obviously we know Josh Allen is capable of doing it until minus 13 seconds. And, uh, you know, I think arguably Joe Burrow has as good, if not better talent to throw the ball to as well as he's got, he definitely has a better run game than, than Josh Allen does. I mean, as far as the defense goes, stopping Kansas City, that's a different story. Yeah, it might be I, right. So, I mean, I still take Kansas City 
pretty much all this rambling is me summing up that I still take Kansas City to win the game. I don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to overcome all of the weapons that Kansas City has, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. I hate to say it because of a crazy divisional weekend. I don't believe either championship game will be close. First off, it would not surprise me if the LA Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers by three or four touchdowns. I, I could 100% say it. I'm telling you right now, San Francisco, you really think Jimmy Garoppolo is getting to a Super Bowl playing like that? When no. half his passes look like pick sixes. Yeah. And I know yeah. the 49ers have won the last six meetings with Sean McVay in the range, but there's something different with this LA team. Yeah. Go on the road, beat the reigning champs, and not just be in, but control and win that game without even with four terms. Now the Rams are back home on their home turf. You've got a red hot quarterback. Nobody's been able to stop Cooper Cup this whole season. I know Cam Akers fumbled twice yesterday, but he has given that LA backfield extra juice like, like he did last year. Odell Beckham's given that wide receiver core and under juice. And defensively, I know everybody's looking at San Francisco's pass rush. I think LA's pass rush might be better because you've got Aaron Donald through the middle and Von Miller coming on the outside. Yeah. I'm just saying, the last time Von Miller was this played in a Super Bowl, he was Super Bowl MVP for the, with the uh, no-fly zone Broncos. Yeah. It's a great call right there, too. And in the AFC, I know since I be honest, I think the I think that Bill Sheets team was the AFC championship game. I don't think yeah. Cincinnati. I feel like Kansas City's here, Buffalo's here, Cincinnati's here. I yeah. feel like the Bengals are not full. I know Cincinnati won what was it, week 17 over these Chiefs, but this Kansas City team's been here so many times. You've got the best court. I feel like the Chiefs have got the best combination of quarterback, head coach slash play caller, and GM in the league. And together with playing at Arrowhead Stadium, well, the crowd's going to be insane. And the Bengals couldn't hear, couldn't hear the snap count and struggle to protect Burrow in Nashville. Yeah. How are you going to Kansas City where you've got Mahomes? Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Nico Holman, Byron Pringle. I, I, I just don't see the Bengals winning this game unless Joe Burrow throws like 500 yards and Jamal Chase catches like 250 yards like he did a couple of weeks ago. But she's ago. done. No, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Dylan. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I do think Kansas City is going to win this game. However, my one – my one little hesitation there is that I just, like I said earlier, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a blow. I think it's going to be a little closer than people think. And the one thing I have to say for the Cincinnati Bengals is that it can be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. But the thing is they're young. They're a young football team. Now that comes with inexperience as far as postseason goes, as far as postseason crowds go, as far as championship games go. However, I mean, you throw a bunch of young bucks out there who uh, who are hungry, and uh, you never know what can happen. I mean, we've seen Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase put up some magic this season. 
And what better time for them to really show up and ball out than a in in an Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City against probably a top three NFL uh, stadium environment in the, in the league? I mean, <laughs> obviously, you got to throw Lambo up there. I think Seattle des- deserves a shout as far as uh, atmospheres go for uh, opposing teams. But I mean, it's they the Bengals definitely have a daunting task. But they're I mean, you never know. I mean, they I just. There's something about those those two in particular, plus with Joe Mixon. I mean, Joe Mixon's going to be the best running back on the field in that game. And uh, if they can use him, and, and this brings me back to what we were talking about with the Bills. I mean, obviously, Devin, Devin Singletary, he got the one touchdown, but he was pretty much ineffective because it was a all-out quarterback fest uh, this weekend. <laughs> but if, if the Cincinnati Bengals can effectively run the ball against Kansas City, they might be able to do what we were talking about uh, Buffalo might needing to do against Kansas City and keeping Patrick Mahomes and company off the field. If they can have a successful run game and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have monster games, I mean, they I think they've got the talent to be able to win this game. Obviously, like you said, they won in week 17. Obviously, again, that's not with the pressures of uh, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, but the Cincinnati Bengals. I said when the pr- playoffs started, they were my sneaky uh, underdog uh, black horse, or that's what it's called, right? But, but uh, whatever uh, uh, team to watch, I guess. Uh, and I, I feel like they've got some pieces that they could make this game a little closer than we might think. And everybody's saying Joe Burrow doesn't have big game experience. Oh yeah, really? He won the after championship with LSU. LSU, yeah. Sounds pretty big game experience to me. And there'd be a few Bayou Bengals playing on the field, not just one, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire and some guy named Odell Beckham went to LSU too. Tyron Matthew as well. If I mean went to LSU, yeah. There's a nice little. There's a nice little call for you as well. So. I mean, I, I don't know. So, will Tyra, will Tyron Matthew be back for this game? What was his injury? I don't even remember. It was the concussion. Yeah, or, yeah, concussion. I mean, those are tough. You never know with concussions. I mean, they can. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I dealt with one. They yeah. suck. I bet. So, I mean, you know, that's obviously going to be something to watch because. Josh Allen was really picking apart that Kansas City, uh, like uh, center center of the defense. I mean, with Tyron Matthew out, like you mentioned earlier, and I, the announcers were calling it. Uh, Tony Romo was calling it all night uh, during that game. But um, you know, I mean, if 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 he's out, that could just be another piece that that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can work with. There's a lot of different <laughs> uh, factors. There's a lot of different influences, and uh, it's going to be a fun game. I, I definitely think, like you said, I mean, I I, I am much more. I am much more uh, confident in a blowout in the NFC game than I am in this game. All right. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hopping on after a wild, wacky, crazy divisional weekend and hopefully championship Sunday is just as wonderful. Absolutely. We can only hope, Dylan. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure as always. Always glad to be here. And I uh, can't wait for, for some more football. We only got a couple of weeks left, unfortunately. It's been a great year, but uh, all good things have to come to an end.